Welcome back to the Not Just Sunday podcast. Today's episode is all about worship, what worship is, what worship looks like, and how we can worship as students and adults. In the studio, I have my friend Sean Gaskin, and I have two special guests, Nathan Green and Nathan Stuckey, both on the worship team here at Southside. Let's get started. Like I said, I have Sean Gaskin, Nathan Stuckey, Nathan Green in the studio. What's up, guys? Yo. What's up? Um, Since you guys are new, first time guest on the podcast, why don't you guys introduce yourself? Nathan Green can go first. I want to say this about Nathan Green real quick. He is the maker of the podcast intro. So that little intro you just heard, he made it. Yeah. Um, So like I said, Nathan Green. Uh, I'm the music director for Pleasant Hill, and I'm over Celebrate Recovery that meets on Thursday nights. Um, I've been an intern with Southside for the last four, three years, and then made the transition to staff um, somewhere back in August this past year. Um, so that's the like job title, I guess. If you guys know Seth Green, it's my older brother. He was on the podcast two weeks ago. Yeah. He's also like the way he's just more fun. So more people know him than me. You guys are both awesome, but you're polar opposites. Correct. Yeah. He likes, he likes to dress like a highlighter sometimes. And I like (laughs) to dress like a Sharpie. Mm. Definitely always in all black. Yeah, pretty much. Comparison. I like that. Yeah. Well, Stucky. Yeah. Hey everybody. Um, I'm formerly the music director of Collide. Just took a step back recently, but yeah, I play bass on the worship team. Um, I've been an intern for about two years ago, one year. I was an intern for one and a half years. Mm. So now she's in a transition. But yeah, it's still very fun and exciting. Still get to play bass here occasionally with my family. So mm. it's really cool. Dope. Yeah. And Nathan, you play the piano and a couple other instruments as well, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm mostly keys. I started, I got really into bass because of that kid. And um oh. So it's just something that really I started doing as like a means to an end for ignition was that, you know, Zoe Roberts, who's quickly become a like phenomenal and dependable yes. keys player. Agreed. Um, she wanted to get more reps in on Sunday mornings and stuff. And so I was like, well, what am I going to do? And I kind of stepped in as a bass player and then occasionally worship led, which was a thing that happened. Bass is the one that stuck. Yeah. I think we're all four of us LDPs at the same time. Yeah. I, th- I no. feel like no. You were, you were the LDP leader yeah. my first year. Yeah. Oh, really? So, okay. so you were you were over it. I was year three. I was year one. Yeah. And well, then me and Stucky were year yeah. one. Yeah, you guys so were we year weren't, one. Me and you weren't LDPs while they were LDPs, no. technically. But we were over it for... Like true. half a semester. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. is true. That's true. With them. Yeah. LDP is Leadership Development Program, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about. Um, anyway, Sean, I asked you to come up with a fun icebreaker question for the four of us. We have no idea what it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, I looked up some icebreakers, and there were the the typical ones like, you know, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given, or what was your dream house look like? But I saw one that I thought just really stuck out, and I'd love to hear y'all's opinion. Um, who do you think would be the better businessman and why? 
Justin Timberlake or Justin Bieber? Timberlake. <laughs> Why? Uh, he has more of a say in his contracts and managing himself than mm. Justin Bieber does. So, okay, okay. Yeah, I was going to agree. I feel like Timberlake has his own thoughts that aren't fed to him respectfully. Now, respectfully. now Justin Bieber <laughs> did just sell he all did. of the rights to his music, Sold which his catalog. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Two hundred million dollars. Yeah. Wow. For people in the music industry, like, what does that necessarily mean? Because me and Sean were trying to figure out to like what the extent of that. Well, basically, is. he doesn't necessarily. He won't get royalties for it anymore. Right. So every time someone listens, he won't make money anymore. Yep. I don't know. He made his two hundred million. <laughs> yeah, that's well. That's one of the things. It's like at some point, those royalties you're not going to see them anymore because right. you know, like, harsh reality. Like is you will similar die to the Taylor point. Swift situation, or no, not at all. Um, she, remember she really re-released all her music. Is that the reason why, or is that a totally different situation? Well, the whole Taylor Swift is confusing in that regard because it comes with a lot of like entitlement. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes with a lot of like artists deserve to get paid for their work, right? Like it's their work, it's their lyrics, it's their right. music. They deserve to get paid for that. Her whole beef with Spotify just as a rule of thumb was very confusing to me whenever it first happened and so I just kind of like washed my hands of it and I was like I don't need to get it so I'm good (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't I don't totally understand the music where I think I have my answer would be Justin Timberlake as well I love Justin Bieber but I just feel like Justin Timberlake's a man and you know what I mean yes (laughs) wow I don't feel like I have to elaborate on that (laughs) much more yeah also he uh didn't start out in the industry as child it's true as well yeah. Yeah. well that was wh- what about you sean what's your answer i mean um honestly i don't know that much about justin timberlake i don't looks great in a suit do you have your answers written down on a napkin <laughs> nah, okay no my, my i was trying to decide whether i wanted to do justin timberlake or justin bieber well okay i'll, I'll pitch another one because this was the other option um steve Irwin or steve harvey <laughs> like as a <laughs> businessman as a let's say a professor who would a be a professor, professor. I think in terms of like student love, like the <laughs> students loving the teacher, uh-huh. I feel like Steve Harvey's got it in the bag. I would listen I don't to know, Steve, Steve Irwin's like Steve Irwin's like Steve Irwin would crush like a class about animals, <laughs> <laughs> but Steve Harvey would crush just anything. It'd be entertaining. Like. It'd be entertaining. I think, I think Steve Harvey would be the teacher that you're like, yeah, I'm gonna go sit in his classroom while I wait for my mom <laughs> to come pick me up from school or I hear it doesn't whatever. matter what Steve Harvey's talking about what he's you're going to be listening and yeah, it's going to yeah. be entertaining yeah I'd be yeah. paying attention to him more well he has the the Pat Chastain effect where it's like I don't know what you're going to say but I'm in I'm all in yeah it's mm-hmm. so, a good comparison wow that's powerful three for three I didn't I, I did not expect either of those questions to be asked honestly never could, would have never guessed either of those <laughs> questions um anyway that was fun. Switching gears, though, I have you guys on the podcast today because you guys are worship leaders. You guys play instruments. You're on the worship team. You know a lot about worship. And so I want to ask you guys some questions about what worship looks like, what worship is, um, why it's important to worship. So really just the first question is, what is worship? How would you define worship um, to our students? Yeah. Um, so personally, I look at worship as really just a sign of surrender. Um you know that this life is is has all of its challenges, and you can have all your expectations for the, for this life. You can have all your wants and your own desire and your own desires. But reality is, if you're going at it with your own power, more than likely you're not going to get it. Um, 
melody of worship is, you know, is just a sign of surrender, you know, like the whole idea of raising your hands or having that staying on with open hands is, you know, God, I want to release and let go of all these things that I'm holding on to, you know, doubt, worry, insecurity, fear, all of, all of that, um, guilt, you're letting go of that. And then you can just sit there in his presence and just think about how great he is. And even, even there, when there's times it's hard to think about that, you know, if you're angry with God, um, I mean, go, go back and look at the Psalms. Like majority of the Psalms is David, um, saying, God, I'm angry with you. God, how long, how much longer am I going to sit here in this season, um, of torment, um, and anger and fear, God, where I feel alone. Um, but he always, he always flips it back around and says, but God, I know you'll protect me. God, I know you're going to deliver this for me. I know you're great. I know you're loving. I feel like that's such a powerful representation of life now. Um, I mean, there's been times I walked into a worship set and I'm just, I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling discouraged from the day. And I take a second and I think about the songs we're singing. And I think about how beautiful, and how glorious God is. So I just let go of those things so I can just sit there, not holding on to anything else but him and just cling to that. So that's so good. I really like that. And I, I really think it's important. Um, what you said, you know, worship, worship can be, you know, I'm, I'm angry at God and I'm letting God hear it. Yep. But at the same time, after you let God hear it, Hey God, I, I know that you're still good. I know that you still got me. I know that you still have plans for me. Mm. I think that's a, a great illustration. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. Um, surrender is a great way to phrase it. Um, to me coming, coming back to the idea of confession, there's a lot of words we throw around that have a negative context a lot of the time. Yeah. But one of them is like, sometimes we hold like our love for God captive. A lot of times we hold it as something that like we have and we're not going to welcome somebody else into it or I'm not going to share this with someone. And in a lot of ways, you know, that's kind of, that can be sin to be like, oh, I have this good thing and I'm going to hold it so dear. I'm not going to let it out to anybody, even though it by definition is available to everyone. So like worship is like Stucky said, it's, it's a lot more than just, we love God and we're here to tell him how much we love him. Sometimes it is, it is a conversation. It is, um, in a lot of ways, it's our way of telling God, I love you. It's, it's a way of saying, God, I'm, I'm kind of like frustrated with what's going on in life. God, I don't know what to do. Can you guide me? Or God, I really thought this was going to go my way. Why didn't it go my way? And sometimes it's allowing him a lot in my personal life, it's been a lot of wrestling with God in times when, because a lot of the worship that I experience doesn't necessarily happen in a room with a bunch of people. A lot of the worship that I experience where I see that definition of worship play out in my, my life is on my own with God. Yeah. It's that single conversation of saying, God, why? What is yeah. your plan? Where are you going why are you not doing, I thought this was how it was going to go. Why is that not how it's going to go? And so it can be a conversation. Yeah. I was going to, I'll add on that right quick. Cause that was kind of like a point I was going to, was going to make was that corporate worship, meaning your worship on Sunday mornings or Sunday nights, Thursday nights, whatever it might be. Unity. Right. Right. Corporate worship together with other people should be an extension of the rest of your life. So a lot of times we think of worship, obviously we use the word worship as in, you know, musical worship, but your life should be worship in a way. And I like that y'all hit on it. That doesn't mean you're walking around like, you know, smile on your face, happy as can be all the time, but it means that you're walking surrendered to God all the time. 
So you may you may be walking in surrender and still angry, still frustrated, like like y'all are saying, you know, God, why are you doing this? But the fact is that you're walking with him. Uh, I wrote down this verse. It's in Romans 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So when your body, when your life is surrendered to God, and you're, you know, you're all his, as y'all said, it may not always be like happy, so to speak. It goes back to a, you know, two weeks ago on this podcast when you talked about joy. You may not, may not always be happy, but you can have joy because you know that God's in control. Um, but yeah, just the idea of it's great to worship, but like you said, your worship can be personal, but it can, it should also be an extension of the way you're living. Well, that's good. Cause I mean, you know, we're, we're told all the time that Sunday shouldn't be the only time we're in the scripture, right? But Sunday also shouldn't be the only time that we're worshiping God. Absolutely. Um, it's all about not our just personal, Sunday. Or not just, not Sunday. just Sunday. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's good. like, there's a, there's a project, um, called page CXVI or something like they do it. They basically try to modernize hymns and everything. And one of the ones that they do is called joy. And yeah. it's basically, um, uh, I've got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart, but they wrote the song in a minor key because you can like, as Christians, a lot of times what happens is we know the words and we'll say the words and we'll try to act out the words, but really everything that surrounds the words is dark it's sad it's 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 difficult and life gets stressful and at the very end it switches to a major major progression that feels better to sing feels better to listen to and like it's kind of like feels like a rainy day outside in the first half of the song and at the end it feels like sunshine Mm -hmm. basically and it goes to um when peace like a river and it's basically like oh and even even with all of this stuff that happens, that's bad and confusing. And I don't understand what God's doing in my life. I don't understand why those friends moved away. I don't understand why these things didn't go my way. We can say those words because we know that we have peace because the peace is Jesus and it's not about me and everything. And so like, I think that's, what's really cool about worship is that there's a, there's going to be times where you sing a song and you're just like I in your heart you know that you don't really feel that way mm-hmm. but even doing the act of it believing that eventually you will believe that right, again right is part of it yeah exactly so it's funny I just had a conversation with this um, about this topic with Morgan Gay one of the small group leaders in Collide but I was telling her you know the song Firm Foundation. That song is can be really convicting for me to sing sometimes in a, in a worship set, even convicting to lead it because there's times where that accent came out of nowhere. There's <laughs> there's times where it's really hard for me to say that because truthfully I'm not not living that way in this season. Right. Um. You know, singing Christ is my firm foundation, and I I'll sing that. Then I think to myself, is it really though? Because I've been trying this my way for such a long time, and I haven't gotten anywhere. But the cool thing about uh, worship and being and that setting within a corporate musical setting is um, you get you get to sing that as a reminder, you know. Um, you get to sing that as a reminder um, to God, and be reminded that He is your He is your foundation. Even if you don't believe it right now, you get to sing that and have joy in that because it's a reminder of how great He is and how trusting He is. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when we get to the bridge, when you know rain came, one one blue my house was built on you. Um, you get to rethink on that and reflect on it. Um, and again, you're just reminded of how, how he is that. And if you put your, your trust in him, 
and you live on that with him, then all those things come to pass. You know, next time hard things come towards you, you're not going to, you're not going to fall down towards you. You may, you may feel, you may feel the roughness of it and the weight of it, but you're not going to, you're not going to topple down because you had that for uh, that foundation in Christ. So, well, yeah. I think like it's really difficult, you know, like I've been in church my whole life and even in the seasons of life, whenever I was kind of far from God, I was still involved in my youth group. I was still involved in church. I was still on a worship team and it can get really confusing just from that perspective, trying to navigate when you're close to God, when you're far from God, because you're still singing the same songs. Like you're still you're still doing all of the acts of worship. You're still doing everything that you're supposed to be doing in order to worship God and have a relationship with Him. But realistically, like you feel kind of far. It can get really confusing, especially being on the worship team. We live in such an emotionally driven culture and as creative people we are driven largely by what we feel and so then that's where there's such a um dichotomy of like where where does where is the holy spirit and where am i just really enjoying this melody Mm -hmm. where is the holy spirit and where is jesus in my life and i'm responding to my relationship with him or where am i really thinking about how good it feels to sing in unity with a, with a room and stuff like that can get really, it's, it can get, it's a, it's a big heart check a lot of the time to, to that point, because like you said, you can be in the middle of a song and be like, dude, everybody loves this song. So we know they're going to be bought in Mm -hmm. and I love this song and this part's going to be really fun to play. But then there's not really the, the worship aspect happening. It's I'm excited for that moment. Yeah. Because of the music behind it, because we yeah. love this song rather than we love the Jesus or the God that we're singing to in that moment. But uh, that's yeah. good. That's good. I was going to add, um, sometimes I know Stucky, you were talking about this. Sometimes it's hard to worship or to sing, you know, God, you're so good or whatever it may be because you don't feel that in that moment. Um, which it's certainly a huge challenge. I think for many people, um, what do you think, Okay, I'll say two two things I think would help that are, one, remembering all of God's faithfulness in the past. Um, obviously, none of us deserve it. None of us deserve the blessings that God's given us. But remembering all he's done in the past, but also remembering that he doesn't change. So the same God that gave you, you know, your biggest blessings is, is still on the throne. He's still that same God. Mm-hmm. Um, would you all agree with that? What do you think is a way to, to still worship? Like you said, Nathan, still... I guess both are Nathan's. Like you said, Nathan Green, um, still still worshiping God, um, not just, oh, I enjoy this song, but truly worshiping God. How do you do that if you don't feel like it? Um, well, I've been there. Um, I don't say this with pride or joy, but I've been there like the majority of my like last five years of life. I've been in that slot where I don't really – that I have to sometimes I have to like remind myself in the middle of a worship set why I'm doing it because a lot of the time it feels like a job it feels like I'm learning how to do this thing well I'm trying to lead a room lead an environment lead a team and that can weigh on you and you become you start to feel like oh I'm responsible for this entire room's like emotional state in this aspect of worship and that can like weigh on you it becomes a job rather than worship itself and, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's happened that happens. Everybody has stuff. 
And so I've been there mm-hmm. a lot. And um, I get to this point that I, I always think back to, yes, I think back to whenever I was 19, 20 years old and I, it was so dark and I didn't know where where God was at in my life. I didn't know what he was doing in my life. And I was just like, this is not how I thought this was going to play out. Where are you at? What are you doing? And and kind of like angry and bitter at God because of what he wasn't doing. But I didn't, you know, didn't looking at the mountaintop or looking back from the mountaintop down at the valley, not being able to see what he was going to do. I always go back to whenever I was 12 years old and I had a conversation with my dad about baptism and why baptism was important and why I wasn't ready to get baptized because I didn't realize what I was saying. I didn't realize what it meant whenever I said, I want to get baptized, dad. And he was like, all right, what does it mean to you? And then I gave him my reasoning and he was like that, then you're not ready. Like you don't know what it Mm -hmm. is you're saying. And then being able to come out two years later as um, like on the other side of that going, oh, I'm like putting a target on my back because I'm saying that I believe in God and I'm going to submit to God's will in my life. And the world's not going to like that. The world's going to be angry about that. Um, Remembering in that moment, like, oh, I don't care. I don't care what that looks like. I don't care if the world's going to hate me and they're going to, they're going to come after me and they're going to come after my family and they're going to come after everything that I believe because I believe that God's got it. And so in the moments whenever I'm like, I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. It's just lyrics. It's this melody again. It's this chord progression again, but on a different song, it's whatever. I don't care. I don't want to be a part of it another six, eight song, same drum groove, same, same baseline stuff. Like it's all just the same. It's like, right. And, and, and that consistency with these, with music that I'm frustrated with is the same consistency from God that I'm grateful for because God's never like, God's never failed me when things haven't gone my way. It's because of my doing when things haven't gone the way I wanted them to do. It was because of human error. It's because of my, my misperception of how life is going to go and, you know, that doesn't, that's not an end all cure to, oh, well, you're not going to be frustrated anymore, hmm. but it does kind of like take a reset in your mind in those moments to go. It's, I've, I've, I can't do this myself. And that's kind of like what you said is like, I, if this comes from me, for me, to me, then it's never going to be as fulfilling as it will be if I I'm just going to be giving it back to God. I don't know what's happening with my hands, but <laughs> anyway, it's okay. No one can see them. That's okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Um, I really want to switch gears. We, we just defined what worship is. And, and now I want to talk about what worship looks like because we kind of touched on this a little bit. Worship is not just singing. I think a lot of people, um, at least at a young age believe, Oh, worship is singing in church and that's it. Yeah. Um, but that's not true. Worship can look like a lot of different things. I mean, even Nathan said earlier, you know, worship, worship can look like, you know, hey, God, I'm angry right now. Um, so what would you guys say worship looks like um, outside of just singing? Yeah. Um, I mean, so outside of singing, I mean, there's so much in life um, that is that is worship so, uh, uh, to God. So whether that's waking up and you're in the word and you're 
sit, uh, sitting in his presence and thinking about, um, and just thinking about him, thinking how in awe you are of him and how much he's done for you. That is an act of worship. Um, another thing is, you know, what, what gifts has God given you? What, what are you feeling God calling in you to do? And if you're going after those things and that's another act of worship, um, one of the analogies I've used, um, kind of think about is like, let's say you're a construction worker. Um, and that's what, that's the, that's the tools, that's the skills God's given, God's given you. Then go, go be a construction worker, you know? Um, even if you're not building necessarily a church, you're like building a bank or you're building a house or whatever it is. If that's what God's calling you to do, and those are the skills that God's given you, then go do that and do that with him on the forefront of your mind, thinking, how can I bring God glory in this, you know? It's another whole thing of, of ministry. You know, ministry doesn't just happen within the walls of a church. You know, ministry is everywhere. The church mm-hmm. is the people, not the building. Um, so, again, like if you're a builder, you're not, God's not calling you to only go build churches or build places of worship. He's calling you to build houses and banks and schools because that's the stuff that we need as a society. And that's your opportunity to go reach people and to go minister to them and go be the light in those areas. And again, just being a light in areas is also another act of worship. You know, you're you're living like Jesus. You're trying to be more like him. That's an act of worship. You know, giving up your own will so you can be more like Jesus and receive what he has for you and showing others along that path, you know? That makes me think of the book Garden City that we read. Is that, is that where, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I read that over the summer. Great book. It, it actually yeah. re- really was a great book because it defines work in a way that not a lot of people see it as. Like, work is a way to worship God. Exactly. If we're using our gifts and our talents and our abilities to glorify Him. Even if it's not in ministry, mm-hmm. wherever we are, whatever occupation we may have, or, you know, as students, you're just in school. That's, that's, that's a say. mission field. That's a, that's yeah. a way to worship God and and to honor and glorify him right. through the way that you're acting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's not like, oh, you know, I got a C in math, you know, I, I sin against a great guy. Like, but <laughs> right. at the same time, <laughs> a lot of, you know, a lot of students don't have a job, so maybe for you your quote-unquote job is school. So, Absolutely. you know, you, yeah. you showing up and putting in the effort and stuff like that, that glorifies God. I mean, it can be as simple as, oh, there's a kid sitting by himself at lunch. I'm going to go talk to him. I'm going to invite him to church. Right. Um, and that can lead. And that's tough. I remember in high Absolutely. school. I've told my small group this. I remember in high school, I knew I needed to do that. I was like, oh, yeah. Like when, when it wasn't lunchtime, I was like, oh, if I see a kid sitting alone, I'll go, I'll go talk to him. And then you get in lunch and you actually see the person sitting by themselves and you're like, man, I'm just trying to eat my PB&J and move on. <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> but, to sit uh, with the cool kids. Right, and, right. Yeah. Um, but... I mean, worst come to worst, it's what, like 30 minutes out of your day. Absolutely. And that, and that really can make an impact on that person. Because chances are, I mean, either they don't know somebody or maybe, you know, they had a falling out with whoever they used to sit with, whatever. They probably need a friend. So right, that's it's good. a challenge, but it's something that's necessary. It's true. Um, yeah, I agree with Stucky. Like, it, it happens in more than just inside the walls of the church. Worship is more than just music. Um, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people that have, really, really strong, a really, really strong faith, they've talked about how their worship is literally like working out is an act of worship for them because they're like, man, God gave me this body. I want to be the best steward of this. And I think that a lot of what you're saying comes down to being the hands and feet of Jesus. Like it is, I'm going to go out and forge everything. I've been wrestling with a statement of, man, this didn't come from me. This isn't mine to begin with. So how can I give it back. Creative thought is not from me. I didn't just like the way that life happened for me. I got ideas, but the way that my mind works, I didn't just choose for my mind to work this way. I didn't choose to be inspired by the things that I'm inspired by. And 
the emotions I have or any skill set I have, I didn't choose that. God gave me that. And because God gave me that, I'm going to use that for God um, in every aspect of my life. So if I know that I'm going to be good at music, then that's going to be an act of worship for me. I'm going to work every day that I can to be as good at that as I possibly can because God gave me it and I want to be a good steward of that thing. And I think that it comes down to a lot of that. What does like, but in the realm of being in the room, cause I, I wasn't sure when you asked this question, um, I think it happens outside of it, but do you mean also kind of in, in the room? I think it's really easy for people to look at worship leaders on a stage and say, Oh, well, they're such strong worship leaders. I'm never going to be that. Therefore, I'm not going to try. But there's no end all perfect. Mm -hmm. This is what a worship leader is. This is what a worship leader does. Um, Because, like, you can look around the room, and some people are using my brother, brothers, both of my brothers, for as long as whenever I was 15 years old, we would all three stand in a line um, in the pew at our old church. And Zach Burdett, who mixes sound at um, CR and at Kathleen, basically was the was the uh, sound guy for our old church as well. And he like walked past me one day and was like, "I love watching you and your brothers worship because the three of us would take up a pew, not because we were all three moving around, but because Seth and Ethan were so lost in worship that they were they were moving to the sides and their arms were open wide and they needed a whole pew in order to like be themselves. And then I would just be standing there like with my hands in my pockets and I would just <laughs> be like rocking back and forth. Yeah. And even though it didn't look like I was worshiping a whole lot, and that's one of the things that has come up with the ignition students a bunch is like, oh, I can be very monotone just in how I worship. Um, it doesn't have a perfect look either. Absolutely. So just, right. yes, like, if you are afraid that somebody's going to think you're weird because you didn't put your hands up in worship, that's dumb. Like, Or vice versa. If yeah. you think someone's going to think you're weird because you did put your hands up, right. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter as long as you're worshiping. Yeah, it's, it's more, it's all personal. It yeah. has way more to do with, like, the look of it shouldn't matter, doesn't right. matter. Seth and I were talking about that last night. It's like, man, I'm not doing it for a show. I'm not doing it so that somebody can see me and notice me. But we want to set good examples. And if that's how you worship, then we want to kind of like show people that that's going to be okay to do. Um, right. Don't don't just put your hands up because everybody else is. But at the same time, don't not put your hands up because no one else. Right. That's good. Sense. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Um, just really last question that I want to ask you guys. Um and I have, I have a fun one after that. But what is your advice to students who are afraid to worship? You know, we kind of just touched on that a little bit. But just, you know, one one piece of advice or like some some wisdom that you could give to our students who are afraid to maybe put their hands up or afraid to sing next to their friends or whatever that may be. Yeah. Um, so I was about to, to mention this, but um, the whole foundation of our religion, not, again, I don't like calling it religion, but the whole idea of Christianity is not the do's and don'ts and it's not what it looks like. And it's not raise your hands up in church. You know, that's not, if you're raising your hands up in church just for the sake of it, then that's not, might as well put Absolutely. them, might yeah. as well put them down. You know, um, the whole foundation of it is your relationship with the father through Jesus Christ, you know? 
So like that, that's about you and the father, you and Jesus, you know, that's not, that's not about you and the person next to you in the congregation or in the setting, in the worship setting. It's not about you and the, you and the person on stage. It's not about who's watching you has eyes on you. It's about you and the father, you know, something that, uh, Tucker, Tucker Hall said a long while back is, you know, when he's, he's in a setting and he, he's in a worship setting, he's imagining he's in the throne room of God and he's sitting there, God's on his throne. He's sitting there just in awe and worship of him. You know, nobody else is there. It's just him and God. And he's standing so there, cool. arms up. Um, and that's, that's just, that's, that's been where I've been out recently in worship setting. And I'm not worried about who else is in the room. I'm just worried about me and the father, you know, me and Jesus who, who's done all these things for me. I couldn't do anything but receive those things. So why not give thanks to him and lift him up, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we were in a setting a few nights ago and it was a few of us on the worship team. We were just in a room with an acoustic guitar and it was super awkward at first while I was sitting there, started singing songs. And then I was, got in my head and I was like, man, why am I feeling nervous or awkward about this? You know, we all love Jesus. Why not just sit in this moment and sit in his presence and sit in awe of him and lift him up? You know, agreed. And who cares if someone's like that guy's weird for lifting his hands up? Exactly, exactly. No, I'm not. <laughs> right? Yeah. I remember when I was when I was in in Kauai, student in Kauai, Um, I was nervous to put, to raise my hands. You know, then again, I got in that mindset of, you know, this is this is for this is for God. This isn't for anybody else. This is not for my neighbor. This is not for myself. This is to lift up the Father. You know, absolutely. And if you're nervous to you know, worship in a room full of Christians. I mean, what does that say about you as a Christian and a believer? Like you, you got to get over that because if you can't even worship God in a room full of believers, how are you going to minister to people who don't know him? Exactly. And I think, I think we, we make it a lot harder than it needs to be. You know, we think, oh, if I raise my hand, every single person in here is going to look at me. Right. Chances no. are 90% of the room is not even going to see that you raised your hand. And the other chance is like, you know, most people that do see it are probably worshiping on their own. So, or they're encouraged by it. Right. And yeah, exactly. Somebody else needs to see somebody that, I mean, that's how it was for me. I remember when we went to summer camp, I saw somebody that was a little older than me. Um, she, she was raising her hand worshiping and I was like, you know, it kind of encouraged me. Okay. I can do that now. Absolutely. You know, so you never know Like if you're an eighth grader doing it, maybe that sixth grader needs to see it. Or if you're a, you know, a junior or a senior in high school, maybe that freshman needs to see it, whatever. But once again, we want to stress, don't just put your hand up. So you're like, okay, I want the sixth grader behind me right. to put his hand up. So I'm right, with my right, hand right. up. Right. It needs to be something genuine. So I, I, that's good, Sean. Yeah. Um, don't care so much. Mm-hmm. That's my, that's my take on it. The bottom line is <laughs> like, is like to kind of like the point that you guys have already made and is like, Hey, everybody else, is they're thinking about their own stuff. And so maybe you getting in your head about expressing worship. So like believe benefit of the doubt, 100% of the room is worshiping fully. Yeah. So like, cause we know based off like just the world that some people might not be as in it as others. Right. So like, let's say that a hundred percent of the room is in worship. If everybody is, in worship, there might be 75% of that room that's expressing it visually. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, expressing worship doesn't have to look a certain way. Um, There's this whole thing that started happening a while back where, um, you know, there's a bunch of worship leaders that they just get to a spot that they are broken, and they stop singing, and they put their hands, like, they get on their knees, and they start praying with open hands to God. Does that mean that you're more in worship than... Other people, no, not necessarily. 
um, you're all still in worship and um, just like don't care what people think. And that, you know, obviously could trickle down and be its own other podcast of like sure. don't care what other people <laughs> think, Absolutely. but I'm not going to chase that rabbit. No, that's that's good. I like all the advice. Um, really, my last question, we can make this kind of quick. Um, top three worship songs. We're just going to do right now because we agreed kind of at the beginning, like all time is like really hard because... There's so many different like contexts. Worship is always worship changing song. and new songs are always coming out. You know, your favorite today could be um, your least favorite tomorrow and your least favorite today could be your favorite tomorrow. Yeah. Um, just three songs that you love right now. Uh, I'll start. I mean, it's a little bit more, I'll, I'll do an album and I know this is a year or two older, but I think it's recent enough that, you know, you could still listen to it and it doesn't sound outdated or whatever. But uh, Forever Amen is an album by Stephanie Gretzinger. And that was a huge album for me, like, during quarantine and things like that. Uh, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. It's not so much an album that, you know, you'd hear uh, songs played from the main stage at church maybe, but it's more of a personal album and just the intimacy with God, you know. You're a son or a daughter. Like, there is an intimacy and a love there. So I would definitely recommend that. All the songs on there are super, super impactful for me. Yeah. Um. So not in any specific order, but these are the top three in the season that I'm in right now that I've just been – you know, singing and reflecting on a lot. But first one is Repentance by a band called Gable Price and Friends. Nathan's <laughs> Nathan's wearing their shirt right now. <laughs> but rep that band till the day I die. Yeah. And again, the song is just what it's what it's titled, you know, Repentance. Um, the bridge has some of the most powerful lyrics I think I've heard in a song, but it starts off saying, I built my kingdoms and they, they collapsed at my feet. I nurtured my idols and they betrayed me. You know, think about all the things in my life that I've put before God or that I think will satisfy me. And that I've given so much of myself to, so much emotional attention, so much physical attention, all of that, whatever it is, and those things kind of flip and turn on you because they're not God. Even it's it, even yeah. if it's a good thing, you know, like relationships. Those relationships are from God; they're a good thing, but occasionally they can kind of flip on you because it's not God. So that's the whole idea of that song. Next one is "As You Find Me" by Hillsong United. Mm, good one. It's right a little there. bit of an it's older good. one, but um, you know, it talks about how God loves you as you are, nothing else, um, no other conditions with that. And the uh, last one is a song called Deliverer by North Point Worship. And it's basically what it, what it is. You know, God's, God's a deliverer. He's going to deliver, deliver you from, from whatever season that you're in. So, um, All of those are good. I love repentance so much. Um, for me, the ones that have been kind of on a steady rotation for the last two, three years really is or are um, a song called Highs and Lows. Um, we referenced the Psalms earlier, and that one is just straight out of the Psalms, talking about those hills and valleys. Such and, a good song. You know, Jesus is there regardless. Um, another one is How He Loves. That's my favorite worship song of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the one, that one, I could write a book about all three <laughs> of these songs, really. So another podcast, perhaps. But um mm. Jesus, I Have My Doubts by John Foreman, um, this lead singer of Switchfoot. Um, basically, that song just talks a lot about what we've been talking about here. Like, sometimes worship feels a little bit more real. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, and where's Jesus in the gaps? That's so. good. I have, like, seven written down. I'm just going to choose three. Um, <laughs> I love There Is a Cloud by Elevation. It's an oldie, but one of my favorites. Um Love Talking to Jesus by Brandon Lake. That one's 
really personal. I really like that one. And I love Million Little Miracles. Like that's that's that might be my favorite worship song of all time. It's a pretty melody. I love yeah. that. I love listening to Nathan play it on the piano too. <laughs> um anyway, thank you guys for joining us. Um I, I think a lot of great things were said. I think there's a lot that we can take away from this and really break down. Um I'm excited to listen to it, honestly. Um and to just you know, take some notes on what you guys said. Anything else before we close? The dolphins are overrated. What the heck? <laughs> receive receive his freedom he's already bought it for you everything else you're carrying right now is not yours to carry because jesus carried it on the cross so just release release that let go of it so you can receive his freedom and everything else he has for you that's a way better on, note bro. to end on that's a great that's, a, note to that's end a lot on. better thank you brother <laughs> well thank you guys for joining us it was a blast see you guys later <laughs>